Uh, yeah, this is uh, Steve Hines calling from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I live uh, right on Lake Michigan, Jason. Uh, I have a lot of different names, as you know. It's the word merchant, uh, the uh, practical environmentalist, the energy pragmatist, and a few names I can't repeat. Excellent. Thank you for joining the program here today. And I wanted to get right into one of the issues, one of the topics, one of the conversations that's being had you know, really at an international level when you talk about banking and finance because this ESG, Environmental Governance Social, this this new three-letter acronym, it looks like that's what they're landing on. There's also a four-letter acronym too, but for this it's ESG, is really starting to take its hold. It's like it's, the seed was planted last year and it's starting to take root now. And uh, Mr. Stephen Hines, he'll send me some emails of some headlines and some conversations, some YouTube videos, that sort of thing. And lately in the last week, I got like three or four that had ESG with it, and I noticed it went into retirement. And I also know that uh, Mr. Stephen Hines is kind of a, one of those retired working guys, and so he's paying attention to that very closely. So we thought we'd bring him in here to talk a little bit about the ESG financing movement happening in the world of oil and gas and also just how that's impacting retirement so let's start with the impacting retirement part and uh, kind of briefly you know summarize the ESG but uh, uh, how are you doing today you know I'm doing fine uh, it's about 72 here on Lake Michigan clear as a bell I'm doing just fine uh, ESG uh, you know honestly Jason uh, it's uh, it's just one of those, uh, I guess you could call it a movement, but it doesn't make any financial sense. Uh, and as you pointed out, from uh, from uh, an investor or retiree point of view, it just doesn't. Because uh, the best way to determine whether your uh, your money is being handled well is simply the returns uh, on your investment. And ESG can't uh, they cannot deliver. Uh, as good of, of uh, returns for people who are part of their funds. Well, I was looking because they're at making political oh, decisions and, and instead that, of financial decisions. And, and that's where I was going with some of this before, like last year when oil prices were starting to, you know, look like they they, they were going to be impacted by this ESG. And I remember last year speculating, well, whatever happened if the stock market took a dive and oil prices, you know, got too much pressure from this ESG movement, like these poor retirees, where, where are they going to get their money from if everybody's hurting? Because they, they put a lot of time and energy into oil and gas. And now what I'm looking at, it's impacting people outside of the oil and gas world. Like this is getting to be a pretty serious deal. Well, take a look at California right now, Jason. Uh, uh, they have been on this, you know, uh, green investment strategy for kelpers. They're, uh, you know, their large teachers' uh, re retirement fund. Uh, they're also uh, headlong right now. Another refinery closed, a big refinery owned by Marathon closed in California. Uh, they're, they're getting pinched. They're really getting pinched. And I think, you know, uh, some enterprising uh, rascal is going to sue CalPERS for, uh, for throwing their money away. Uh, uh, it's sue them through the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, you know, uh, th because they are they are pissing, excuse me, it's 
pissing away their, the, the people's money they're supposed to be handling properly. I remember last year when some people were dousing uh, students, children in uh, fake oil and protesting. I think it was in Seattle or up in the upper Northwest. Uh, and it had to do with the teacher's retirement fund. And then there were some protests um, with other funds related to, you know, climate change, climate activism, the ESG movement. And so it's interesting when, when the way they're going after retirement funds with, with this new movement. And, you know, we've talked to William Prentice with Meridian right. Energy Group. And well, they he were, had a bill for me. Well, you, you, I'll do that next time I talk to him. Absolutely. Um, they, they had to, you know, go through this and, and they were, you know, they were happy to and everything, but, um, it's interesting, you know, that they're forcing people to do this and in order to, you know, basically get, get investment dollars. And they're, I don't know if they're making everybody do that in terms of on, on the no. flip side. Is, are, is the green side having to go through this as well? or? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's voluntary, uh, other than in Europe. You know, Europe, uh, the uh, World Bank and the European Bank right now, uh, they have stopped you know, investing money in uh, fossil fuel assets, uh, and and frankly, uh, it, it's um, uh, it, it's a recipe for failure for them because they just their numbers will not stand up to uh, you know what uh, as somebody who has fiduciary responsibility and takes it seriously will do against them. So, uh, in a way, it. It's all working against them. Uh, CalPERS was down over a percent uh, last year, maybe 1.1, you know, or 1.2. By the way, you know, that's trillions of dollars. So one one percent isn't isn't parking meter money. No, and I, I looking at what BP did with the 40 percent to the reduction and citing climate activism as as a reason for it. And you know, like I mentioned before, use, now they're using you know children in order to protest at retirement funds that sort of thing it's it's really it it's it's taken hold and to me it almost seems like they're they're manufacturing a consent over here because you mentioned it's over in Europe they have to do it America we we like to manufacture the consent and it seems like you know what Meridian went through they were pretty much forced to go through um, in order to get to the next level of where they wanted to go but it's it's just an interesting movement, and you know I, I get it. It's there there there's some validity behind it. There is, and and a little, but not much. You know, I mean, uh, really. Uh, first of all, as my friend Robert Kleischmidt, the uh, the money manager at Wall Street, points out, that uh, you know each of these ESG funds and uh, and all of that, they have different stocks in them. So will will there be one or two funds that do okay? Yeah, but uh, but you know more than a few won't. Uh, and because they're so different, uh, how do you keep track of it? I mean, the SEC. There's only one way to keep track of investment money, no matter how any way you look at it, Jason. You can't you can't price the future. You got to figure out what what you what you have today. Because the future two days from now is unknowable. Uh, as you were pointing out, BP, what they wrote down, $30 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 40% is the number I remember, yeah. Yeah, you know, some enormous number. Uh, you know, so, 
BP came up with their new uh, uh, logo, you know, suggesting that they were going to, you know, they were going to be a, you know, a, a, a new kind of uh, energy company with the new logo. And here they are, you know, they aren't. They're an old-fashioned one uh, who can't figure out how to make money. It's something they, they, they've been doing most of their business life because they've given up on it. And I'm noticing, like, you know, even some governments. I, I just remembered it was you mentioned Europe. So I, I think it was Norway and there was um, some Danish pensions as well from the government i believe that they were anything that had to do with fossil fuels they were getting rid of and i just you know for for me i i guess i didn't realize we were we, we all agreed so much on that green energy was green i i still thought there was a debate there and you know even the fact that michael moore is even saying green energy is not green i mean I, that's that's what i mean i didn't realize we all decided that we have to go that direction because you know, ESG, part of that is investing in solar and wind. So well, but that's only part of it. Uh, the other part of ESG is that they, uh, the reason why a lot of the funds are pouring, uh, promoting it, they get they get higher fees for doing it. <laughs> same, you know, and it's the same old story. You know, they, the they have more incentive to sell. They have more incentive to sell that their product. Well, uh, so... But, my, my guess is the next step is going to be like an ESG score, like a credit score if they don't already have that. That's probably going to be the next step. That's, you know. We, and then we, the other thing, how do you measure it? Uh, and, uh, you know, and whose measurements, metrics are you going to use? Right now it's a checklist. It's a, it's a checklist of, of principles. You no. Know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a checklist. Uh, I have a checklist that I keep near my uh, – my refrigerator, but you know, and I try to get most of the stuff. But you know, there's no way of legally enforcing that. My okay, my so. son has one too for every morning, from brushing the teeth to actually wiping his butt. So you know, we, we got to make sure we get everything done. Just whether it's whether but it's you can't you can't you can't uh, legalize that. I mean, that's really the problem. Norway and Sweden, Norway, uh, you know, they have big assets. Uh, owned by the country, their country that are fossil fuel. And, and then they were trying to, you know, appease the uh, European community and they were going to stop investing some of the money. Well, they stopped doing, they stopped, stopped investing uh, in fossil fuel because they just realized it was, it was a one-way street to nowhere. Well, I can almost guarantee you that Equifax or not Equifax, but somebody like that's going to put out a ESG score ranking without a doubt. It's, I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but mark my word, you, it, that, that 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 will be very quickly. That that will happen. Um, it's just well, I, you know, if you if you if if you want to get in socially conscious funds, that should be a choice you make. It shouldn't be the money that you put aside for your retirement. It's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, you know, and uh, if, if it's if it's that, if it's, if, if if people select. Uh, to go through this, uh, the matrix of uh, ESG, well, so be it. If you don't make as much money, you know, uh, I'd like to feel sorry for you, but I just wash my hair. You know, it's uh, interesting that, uh, you know, we, you, you and I joke about things off the air, and you'll, you'll, you'll mention, you know, that I'll, I'll quick call something a conspiracy or go down that path, but, <laughs> uh, but, but at the same time, you can see where, 
this this sort of high level five thousand foot conversation is a real slippery slope. It really is. I mean, when 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 you can start having you know ESG scores and credit scores and you know things like that. Well, just take a look at the PPP and, and the bailouts. Okay, so. Just follow, follow me on this for a second with credit scores here. Here's This is an interesting advantage that nobody's talking about publicly here, where the last 20 years, it was pretty well known that if you had a government contract, you got the velvet glove, glove treatment from a bank. The banks love people with government contracts because the government paid and generally paid, you know, 2.5% or t- times what they were supposed to pay anyways. So that, that was always pretty well known. Well, that's what made this last, you know, b- banks can choose who they want to bail out uh, and give the money to. So interesting, because if you had government contracts, you're going to have a better credit score. If you have preferential treatment from the banks, you're going to have a better credit score. If you're still out there trying to get your unemployment money that the states are supposed to give you at 600 buck, buck, bucks a pop, and you haven't gotten that yet, like many businesses I know, that can affect your credit score. If you're the 72-year-old woman that still hasn't got her $1,200 check that I talked to last week from the original stimulus, that can affect her credit score. Don't know if it has. But if you're out there scraping it every single month and your bank account doesn't have X amount of dollars in there, that can affect your credit score pretty quick versus somebody who would get the velvet glove treatment from a bank and that sort of thing. So... Um, well, that, that, that's, that, that's, where, that's where I'm saying that the slippery slope can happen. Well, that's partially true. Let me tell you a little vignette. Uh, as I think I told you, I, uh, my background is food and beverage. My father had the first truck stop restaurant in the state of Wisconsin in 1960. By 1970, uh, the interstates were opening up, and I, had, I was running, I guess, 11 restaurants, three in Oklahoma. Uh, why? Because there are a lot of service station people who didn't know how to run a restaurant, you know, from a, uh, uh, you know, from anything else. So they hired us. But uh, so, and we did business down in Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma City in Tulsa. So anybody who was in oil in the early seventies to mid seventies was treated like gods. I remember one time we had to, had to borrow money to put in new restaurant equipment. With, you know, we had to sign away our third third generation baby. These guys were in there drinking Dom Perignon out of their cowboy boots. I mean, literally. But but you know the, you know there are there are these faddish sort of things that I think uh, uh, I think that using your, the woman example you're talking about. Uh, you know, there's going to be some consideration, you know, for uh, because of COVID-19. You know, there there is already, as long as you're smart enough to make sure your bank knows about it. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, you not being able to be removed from your apartments or your, your mortgage. But the, there will be consideration for this, you know, we, we're, this time when we shut down the whole country effectively. Yeah, and the other argument that people are making too is how you know some people got competition first and second and that sort of thing so by banks allowing to choose which competitor or which business they wanted to give the money to first 
allowed certain competitors to have an edge in the marketplace too. And I, I heard that, and I thought, that's a, that's a good argument, okay? I, I, I would listen to that, somebody argue that. What, what do you make of uh, that side of it? Well, you know, I think, you know, it's just uh, we're farther and farther away from each other because of the, you know, the quarantine and the separation, but relationships still matter. So I, I think uh, if you're a businessman, whether you're in North Dakota or Wisconsin, it pays to have a banker who trust has us more trust in you than somebody else, so, uh, and that's that's you know most of the time it is because they have a relationship with you. They know who you are. Well, I I, I got a great line the other day. Uh, I'm just thinking to myself, and I'm thinking, uh, if you have to start explaining yourself, you've already lost. And, and that really comes back to trying to, you know, go meet somebody and tell your whole story. It just doesn't work that way. It's over time. I always tell people that as soon as you start justifying it, even you know it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, as soon yeah. as you start making justifications, you know at that point it's even wrong. So that's, well, you know. You know how, how, how you can tell a partisan, uh, somebody who's into partisan politics? Mm-mm. Uh, somebody, the other the person who is into partisan politics has yet to admit the other side was right a single time. I know a lot of those people. I oh, know, there are a lot of those. People. I, I know a lot of those people. Absolutely. Well, this ESG stuff is is another you know another layer, another level of you know I guess you know where you need to have a relationship with your bank and. I, I'm not sure at what point the banks are going to be able to, you know, look past the ESG rankings or not. Like you mentioned, over in England, in Europe, it's a lot more stringent. Over here in America, it's just starting to catch hold. A lot of it was with new investors and new companies are really being kind of held more scrutinized, uh, if you will, by, by companies and investors, which part of it could be just that they're new. You know, and well, and the and the it, other part is is that you know that they're they're riskier because they're new. So well, so there's that. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's very subjective. You know, who who chooses the measuring points on? You know, how do you measure how much carbon you? You know, it's down to sort of details, the kind of stuff that you need real time. Uh, you know, re- pricing, you need real time consumption. You know. You, you know, we're we're at least five to ten years away from even being able to to get real time information. Oh, and I uh, and that, Euro, and Europe is you know Europe is they're on a slippery slope and they they just can't seem to pull themselves out. They've they've got themselves into a corner. Uh, Germany's having trouble. Uh, uh, UK is having trouble. They've now tried to uh, legislate that you can't have a. A, uh, you have to have electric vehicles by 2040, which is a, just a preposterous notion. You know, they, quite, oh, go ahead. I Sorry. I think I even sent you that story about, you know, uh, as far as lithium and some uh, cobalt. I mean, it's being farmed, farmed by 10-year-old kids in Africa. Well, and that's and one of the things I was going to I was going to mention that I didn't realize a lot of this, you know, green energy we, was consensus. I didn't realize that because this ESG movement continues, you know, to move further and further. And I, I took a look at some of those articles you sent me 
And it almost looks like a foregone conclusion in the next year or two that if, if you want to do a oil and gas investment, you got to have this ESG certification to where, uh, like I said, do it. I, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, we're going to have ESG scores soon. Now, that's my speculation, but I think... Uh, and, I, and I don't see it. I mean, the EPA, uh, they're uh, finishing up the rules on uh, uh, taking away some of the extra expense for measuring methane. So, okay, that, that even goes more well, to my point. And, and my, my, my bigger point is, though, that I didn't even realize that we had got a consensus on, you know, the climate activism and global warming and global cooling. And, you know, we're still kind of changing the wordsmith of it, and we're not even sure what's doing it. I saw, I saw a headline the other day that questioned if carbon was the biggest driver, and I thought, whoa, is my crazy, con- my, my crazy idea of the sun and land use going to actually come into the conversation over carbon? Because I remember the first time I was in a, a climate uh, conversation and I just brought up the sun and how we choose to use land, you know, concrete versus agriculture type of a thing. Boy, I didn't get invited back to any of those meetings. Holy smokes. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's been easy to be small-minded. I mean, Europe, you would expect them to be, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, you know, be understand the globe. Well, they don't. They know little or nothing about Asia, Africa. I mean, they uh, their rules don't work there. They're talking to a community of 3.3 billion people who don't get enough electricity to power a single refrigerator. So what is any silly thing done by Brussels or London have to do with Africa? Nothing. So, I mean, uh, it's... it's uh, it's like, you know, it's uh, somehow virtue signaling or whatever. There's a, you know, there are several phrases for it, Jason. But that in 20 cents or that in two dollars will get you a cup of coffee. What's uh, uh, and, and, uh, and there may be people who, who bankers or, or, I mean, there's a couple of large, uh, uh, as far investment companies, uh, BlackRock, uh, I'm trying to think a couple of the other larger banking entities, they're starting to talk a little bit about it, but they're just moving their lips because so, it sounds good. But, you know, as far as including a, a British Petroleum, I'm sorry. If they think they're going to be anything other than a fossil fuel company 20 years from now, you know, they're just kidding themselves. Well, actually, what will probably happen is it'll just be out of business if they continue to operate like they are trying to get out of the fossil fuel business. So I was uh, noticing the other day as I was watching the trailer for Fuel, no, Juice, I'm sorry, Juice. It's uh, Robert Bryce's. Oh, yeah, new, yeah, yeah, the new documentary, Juice, oh, uh, Robert Bryce. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've developed a, a much uh, stronger relationship with uh, Robert Bryce. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I've read the book, but, uh, but it's the uh, it's the video that's so powerful. Uh, and and they uh, they spent some real money on it. Now, he, uh, just between us girls, he's almost ready to do another one. The problem is to do it right uh, we have to figure out how we can help him raise a million dollars 
to do this right. But he's that that single documentary has taken over the discussion right along with Schellenberger uh, and uh, e even Lomberg. I mean, uh, and as you pointed out, you know, the, the former weirdo is doing showing how Michael Moore re renewables don't make any economic sense. So uh, on the economic side of this uh, and and the practical side, uh, I don't think you have to worry as much about the, a draconian government telling you to do all these things because I think deregulation uh, is, is, is more deregulation is coming. And as I pointed out, I, I, I wrote something yesterday, but deregulation is does not mean no regulation. But deregulation means you don't have to account for every grain of sand. And you don't have to do it, uh, especially because small businesses can, uh, is, is a way of separating big businesses and keeping other smaller businesses out of an industry by creating too much regulation. And there's no real benefit, no real benefit for a lot of these, you know, preconditions on methane, for example. Jeez. Well, are you doing any writing? Are you doing any consulting? Give yourself a plug and let people know how they can contact you or, you know, makes it makes it. Apparently there's seven billion trillion dollars out in the marketplace. So let's go get it. Well, that's sort of my is my uh, intention. Uh, you know, I've, there's nobody out there, Jason, building a large enough coalition of these, you know, very complex issues that are converging, you know, geology and telecommunications. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my notion of the Internet of everything, which I think uh, is coming as we got, as was proven by this quarantine, more and more people work at home, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I do. I write once a day. Uh, many times I write my entire piece. Many times I use uh, uh, what I consider uh, uh, really good writing with my own comments. Uh, and I'm on. I've got three different uh, sites on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Parlor. I can be found uh, just by doing a search on any of those uh, platforms. But. Uh, I, I work very hard, as you know, and I try to keep my friends informed. And I, I think we, uh, the more informed we are together, uh, you and I, for example, or Robert Bryce and, and Michael Schellenberger, who's become a contact, uh, Tom Shepstone, Paul Dreesen, we, uh, Bjorn Lomberg, we need to build a all-star team of people who will stop uh, who will stop these anti-fossil fuel people from ruining the world?